It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, sound barrier ruled out along the Brisbane River at Redbank, odour complaints triple since 2020, exercise global dexterity continues, Ipswich Christmas lights tours, one-term councillor Kate Kunzerman calls time, and two new candidates for Division 2. It's Monday, December 4, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. On the show, some local news you may have missed. Brisbane residents opposite Redbank Motorway Estate have their answer to a petition lodged in July 2022, which called for action to reduce noise coming from the industrial estate. Ipswich City Council's Growth, Infrastructure and Waste Committee meeting on November 28 heard a sound barrier is not recommended. Concerns were also raised about hooning, safety beepers on moving vehicles, motors and construction hours. The meeting also heard businesses have gone above and beyond to accommodate concerns from neighbours across the river. Mayor Teresa Harding noted in the meeting the historical use of Red Bank Peninsula for industrial purposes. I'd like to say that if you purchase a property next to an area zoned or used for industrial purposes, there is a reasonable assumption you'll be living next to industrial development. The Redback Peninsula has been zoned and used for industrial purposes for decades. Uh, that is what the area has always, has always been used for and continues to be zoned for. The businesses that are currently operate the Redback Motorway Estate do so lawfully and with respect and understanding of their residential neighbours. The businesses at the Redback Motorway Estate have addressed all reasonable on-site issues within their power to do so and have committed to continuing to do so over the life of the estate and I thank them for that. They seek to coexist amicably with residents and are asking for the same level of compromise and understanding from their Brisbane neighbours across the river. While I don't foresee this happening anytime soon, I am reluctant to continue to dedicate any more ratepayer-funded resources towards a matter that is likely that can't be resolved by council. Um, and I also encourage uh, the uh, Mogul and Bellbarry residents to uh, raise matters with the proper regulatory authorities if it's the, the state government. I also encourage them to use SnapSensol. So if they do hear a noise that they're concerned with, I encourage them to um, log it with SnapSensol, um, list it with the City Council so that we can have a log of that as well. So that's a very important thing uh, for us as well. Unrelated to the sound barrier petition, the same meeting called on the state government and waste companies to do even more to stem the unpleasant odours plaguing residents who live in suburbs near Swanbank. 
Councillor Marnie Doyle detailed a tripling in the complaints to the Odour Abatement Task Force since 2020. I just want to touch on, though, you mentioned, and well, I think the report mentions um, that there's been 26,500 complaints by the Department of Environment and Science Odour Abatement Task Force back in November 2020 that only stood at 8,517. So that has increased significantly. Um, and I'm, I'm confident that it's as a result of our advocacy and, and helping residents understand um, where they need to direct those complaints so it's a more coordinated um, response. And we're now seeing the state government taking um, compliance action. So um, I think that's a good example of where it has translated um, to mm. a, an improved outcome. I agree with Councillor Ireland, residents you know, still yeah. put up with the odour, so in their mind, uh, not much has changed, but we have had a number of steps taken along the way that I think it's, it's headed to mm. um, a better outcome. Mayor Theresa Harding spoke of suburbs impacted and called for a public health inquiry. The odour has been impacting certain suburbs like Collingwood Park and other, for a long time. I mean, I, I live in Racefield, but it's probably only gotten worse the last four years. Um, and and I, the waste companies will say it's because of the urban sprawl. My house was built in the 70s, like many houses in Collingwood Park and those other areas too. So it's actually un unreasonable. So um, I guess from my perspective, what I can speak to with residents, um, you know, the, those waste companies need to comply with the environmental uh, regulation, their environmental authority that has been given to them by the state government. So we um, encourage the state government to step up their compliance activities and also to do a public health inquiry. Since that meeting, ABC News reports a restraining order has been filed against the waste facility after thousands of complaints about bad smells. In other local news, this time from Amberley, Exercise Global Dexterity 23-2 continues at RAF Base Amberley until December 9. It involves low-level flying activity by C-17A aircraft from the Royal Australian Air Force, United States Pacific Air Force and the Royal Air Force. Training missions involve C-17As flying at altitudes as low as 200 metres. Exercise Global Dexterity is a regularly scheduled exercise that provides an opportunity for RAF C-17A aircrew and technicians to build on their close working ties with counterparts from the United States and United Kingdom. Ipswich Christmas Lights Tours will get you in the spirit of the festive season. You can be taken on a tour of the best displays from this year's Christmas Lights competition in air-conditioned comfort with a couple of bonuses like a light supper and entertainment and surprise visitors. Book for Friday, December 15 and Saturday, December 16, 6 to 9pm. Tickets $38 for adults, concessions $35, children up to 12 years $28, and there's a family pass, two adults and two children, or one adult and three children, for $125. Division 4 councillor Kate Kunzelman will not recontest for council next year. In a media statement issued last week, the departing councillor detailed some of the big controversial issues, some of which have not always been resolved to everyone's satisfaction. Councillor Kunzelman is quoted as saying... Many of these issues have been complex, challenging and emotionally charged. She will remain a councillor until the election on March 16, 2024. 
This leaves the field wide open for who might run for one of two available councillor positions representing the division. The other Division 4 councillor, Russell Milligan, is expected to run again. According to my Election Watch spreadsheet, Susan Dunn is the only other candidate who intends to run for Division 4, although the rumour mill has it there will be at least one other candidate. Meanwhile in Division 2, Steve Purcell and Helen Youngbury will run as a team. They're well known from Goodner Street Life. They announced on Facebook on Saturday, December 2, that they'll nominate for Division 2, taking on sitting councillors Nicole Jonick and Paul Tully. That's it for this episode. Just a reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.